0: I believe everyone will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. Welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. Please introduce yourself. My name is Esteban Gone. Gone. And we are here to get your story. I am um, fascinated that you uh, have done the things that you do. And um, I want to start from the beginning. Um. What is your earliest memory That you have
1: So I guess my earliest memory was In Mexico With my mom And my brothers Just Trying to make a living
0: You guys lived there?
1: In uh, Tampico Tamaulipas, Mexico
0: Okay Yep How was that?
1: Uh, it was a struggle We had to go Do a lot of fishing
0: Oysters Fish you guys lived near the ocean? Yes. Yeah. And even from an early age, you had to work, right? Yes, very. How many brothers and sisters do you have?
1: I uh, told ten, 10. 10 in my family.
0: There's 10? Yeah.
1: Wow. S- seven brothers and three sisters.
0: Wow. Um, did you ever get to, like, uh, a chance to play with other kids? Did the, was that ever a thing down there when you were living there?
1: Yeah, I remember playing, we'd just fight
0: a lot. You would fight? <laughs> a lot of fighting. I usually won, won two. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah.
1: Were Were they but, fights that you started? No, actually, it, was, it wasn't like for violet. It was like for fun, like oh, just, for winning money and just, just for fun. Really?
0: Yeah. You guys would bet on each other fighting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, uh, how many kids in the neighborhood?
1: Uh, there was a lot of kids about my age. We used to play marbles, and with the top mm-hmm. it's called a trompo. Yeah, and quarters or
0: not, e pesos. The pesos, yeah. yeah.
1: Draw a line. Whoever got closest to the line, yeah, got all the money. Like really, back then it was a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even as a little kid, yeah, you can buy whatever you know, candy here and there, and mm-hmm. do whatever. And and especially down in Mexico, it's not that expensive. Yeah. Your parents, uh, they were hardworking uh, parents, right? Well, my dad left my mama when,
1: before I was born, so I didn't get to meet him till later in life. Oh. So he came to live to, in the United States, and he left most of us down there.
0: Okay. Now, he, can't, he just left you guys, abandoned you guys? Well, no. In the beginning, it was just to have a better life for him, so
1: every every other year, he'll take... Two Two
0: and two Okay So
1: When I, when I was born There was only At the time It was just like Probably like Five of us He, he brought The other fight down here
0: mm-hmm. Before I was born Did Was he sending money home mm-hmm. He would do Oh so he was, he was Taking care he of He was a good provider Yeah And then uh, Working up here Sending money down yeah. south And trying to uh, Make uh... I actually remember
1: My mom Go to a payphone in Tampico and uh, Call
0: my dad. He would uh, they would uh, send talk. money. Oh, to yeah. send money. Yeah, the payphones. Yeah, what? Where up here did he go?
1: Uh, it's Houston, Texas. Oh, okay, a lot of work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: he worked a lot. Yeah, he was electric- He was an electrician. Okay. Did you ever go to school down in Mexico? I remember going to school, for maybe about a year or something. First grade in Mexico Yeah, yeah. That's what I That's the thing I remember As far as education In Mexico
0: In Mexico Yeah What year did you come over To the United States?
1: Well <clears throat> That's the thing My dad Hired Men To kidnap me And my Sister from, from my mom Because he found out That she was not Properly And financially Taking care of us Not by choice But because she had to Make a living Yeah For the, my other brothers and sisters So she would go out to eat, or sorry, she would go out to work and leave me and my little sister to fend for ourselves. But like I said, it's not because she was being a bad mama, but because she had no other choice but to go to work.
0: She Uh, had no other choice. And how old were you at that time? I was
1: probably like three or four, Uh. and my sister was a little older. So when I said no other choice, either she stays home and we go hungry or she goes to work and feed us. But my dad found out about it, so he kidnapped me. My sister.
0: We, okay. Literally, <laughs> literally kidnapped. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, that must have devastated your mom. Oh, she was
1: sad, pissed off, angry. She found out about it. She didn't want to send you up here? No. I was, I was just a little kid. Okay. I, I cried a lot when I found out, like, when I was missing her. Yeah. So I didn't know better. I mean...
0: And you guys moved so he took you back to Texas. Yes. And the old you, fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> so when you got to Texas, did he put you in school? Did he oh, yeah, buy I started, you clothes? I started
1: school. I started this elementary school, Bonner Elementary uh-huh. in Houston. That was my first my first grade there. I was already about at the time or I was already eight eight years old.
0: That's kind of old for a first, first grade. Yep. Yeah,
1: I didn't know how to read English or anything. Yeah. Start from scratch. Yeah. So by the time I graduated, I was a big kid. A lot of Mexicans in your uh, class. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, what do you call it? Where I was, the education I had was ESL. Mm-hmm. That's like when you don't know. Yeah, English, English second language. Yeah, but I bypassed all that eventually and start reading. I started going to regular classes.
0: Yeah. Yep. Did you have a lot of uh,
1: friends when you got up here? In the beginning, I didn't have anybody.
0: No. Slowly but surely, you started getting a, a few here, a few there? Yeah. Yeah? Did Were you still fighting when you got up here? Here? Well, I was, I was so used to fighting, so
1: I, I guess it went, went away from my...
0: <laughs> it went away. It did it? Yeah. Eventually. And but, so when you got into junior high, what
1: was that like? Junior high was pretty interesting. Like I said, I learned how to read. And I stayed out of school to learn more. But eventually, in two, three years, I was already
0: like like everybody else, regular classes. Mm-hmm. And I know like during the junior high years, there's kids that are uh like their home hormones are just out of whack and they're just going through a lot of stuff and so they they kind of take their frustrations out on everybody. Did you ever see that? Yeah, a lot of bullying here and there. A lot of bullying.
1: Yeah. If I didn't get good grades, my dad would like, he'd discipline us. Did he? Especially me, so when I said discipline, like the belt, like,
0: like I had to have he, D, you spank a, A's or B's. Yeah.
1: A's or B's, no C's. So I started I start learning everything. <laughs>
0: yeah, math, English, mm-hmm. comprehension, all that stuff. Yep. Maybe who I am today though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right now I currently have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and associates in law enforcement. And I think about going to get my masters of social work.
0: That's, that's it's just awesome. talking right now, I got actually put it to action. <laughs> <laughs> so when you after you got out of uh junior high and high school, what was high school like? High school? but. To me, it was already easy, high school, because I
1: was already caught up with everything. I started taking AP yeah. classes, like advanced placement, yeah. honors here and there. So I didn't struggle at all in high school.
0: What was the school like? Was there a lot of Mexicans? Was it all whites? Was it a lot of ghetto kids? What was it like? It a lot of ghettos. Yeah? Yep.
1: But we moved around a lot, though.
0: Because so, of him, and oh, your dad trying to find work, or uh,
1: that's the, that's the story that he, he made the wrong choices in life. He, I don't want to go in detail, but he got sent to prison. Oh, okay, so I was divided. Me and my sisters were divided to foster homes.
0: You grew up in a foster home, yes. Oh,
1: so that split us up. I went to one foster home, and my two sisters got to to different foster home, so right there. Start being like, we call it like missing them. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's 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 what made me who I am. Though. My foster mama, the late Mrs. Doris George, she taught me about, about God and everything. Go to church.
0: She was really read religious. Read my Bible.
1: Really religious. Yeah. So, I is give it, her the credit for raising me to be a good man that I am today.
0: Is that the first time you've ever heard about God, mm-hmm. or your parents no. didn't? No. Didn't teach you any of that. No, it was her. Okay, Mrs. George. She's a Christian. Yes. Okay. Christian or Catholic? Christian. She was a Christian.
1: I used to go to this church called the uh, Church of God in Christ. In Houston.
0: In Houston. Yeah. So you you basically stayed in Houston, just moving around throughout your whole high yes. school career. Yeah. And Houston back then, what was that like? I mean, like, being out in the well, public.
1: I remember Fifth Ward, a lot of ghettos, and Hobby Airport. We just moved around different places at least at least six, seven times. Different mm-hmm. high schools. Different, went to Bilby High School. Just back, Just it's it hard, it hard to maintain friendship. Like, you move around a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I understand what that's like. When you graduated high school, did you know what you wanted to do after that, or did you? Well, this is what happened. Uh, when I turned
1: eighteen, remember I graduated high school late because I started school late. So yeah, I dropped out of high school, and then I went back on my own. So if I had not, if I had not dropped out of high school, I would have graduated advanced with honors Mm -hmm. and I would have went to West Point I would have but since I dropped out I lost all that stuff but I went back and I graduated with the same class but I didn't have everything I didn't have uh,
0: what you needed to
1: to go to West Point so my life would have been different if I had dropped out but the reason I dropped out is because at the time this girl told told me that I got pregnant and she blamed me it wasn't my baby so I tried to do the right thing drop out, get to work, and it was the mine, so I went back in to high school, graduated. How would you find out it wasn't yours? Oh, uh, TNA test or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and then I joined the Navy
0: right after oh. right
1: high school when I graduated. What year did you graduate? In 19- 1994.
0: Okay. Yep. You graduated in 94, and then you went straight into the Navy? Navy? Is the like, Navy your right first choice, or?
1: Yeah, I knew right off the bat. I needed to do something with my life, because everybody else was going to jail for drugs. Mm-hmm. So, my oldest brother, he's my father figure, he told me, you got to do something with your life. He set me down, gave me the talking, the daddy talk.
0: So, I joined the Navy. When you graduated high school, were you uh, in touch with all of your brothers and sisters? Yes. Yeah. What about your mom? My
1: mom, I hardly talked to her, hardly, because, back over there is poverty, so even now today, like, it's a different lifestyle.
0: It is a different lifestyle. Yeah. yeah.
1: Especially where I was, where I'm from. So right now, it's set, I send her money every two weeks.
0: I uh, I went to the. Uh, Valle Verde, Nayarit in 95. And uh, my family that was living there uh, still had a small house and the, the house didn't have plumbing. So you yeah. had to go get the water mm-hmm. to go take a shower. And in order for you to go to the bathroom, you had to go to the outhouse. Yep. And this was in 95. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, Yeah. Even today,
1: uh, last year, I went to go visit where I was born, and the roads are still unpaved. It's gravel roads. Yeah. You'd think that...
0: You mm, went back to your
1: hometown? mm mm-hmm. Yeah. But everything's different, but the roads are still the same.
0: <laughs> still the same. Yep. Lot, still a lot of poverty.
1: Oh, yeah. Everybody has their... You know how here you have a second, like a hustle? Yeah. They, their hustle mm-hmm. is their their income. Like, people sell whatever, tortillas... Paletas or everything. That's what they survived t- to live. Yeah. It's not really a side hustle.
0: I remember that uh, when I went to the uh, Valle Verde, uh, my family would send me, hey, go two houses down the block and go buy some tortillas and then go to this Mm -hmm. other house to go get this or some bread or go to this other house and go do this. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the community had their own little specialized whatever they contributed, right? And so, you know, you could get your meal by just, you know, you would do whatever. It's poor, but at the same time, so
1: basic. Like, you're happy. Like, you really don't stress. Like, you stressed to what you're going to eat that day. You make the money, but... Uh, the other stuff, the politics, and I guess he said, she said, uh, I guess the the chief man, chief man. It's like you you work to survive, and you're happy, like it's laid back. Yeah. So it depends what area you're on. Though, like, of course there's cartels and stuff, but where I went last time, thank God I didn't encounter that. But they're <laughs> yeah. out there though.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. out there. There's a lot of them out there, even in. Um I hear uh, like Colima, the city of Colima, mm. that it used to be, I went and visited, uh, visited in 2009 and it was nice. It was beautiful. You didn't see any kind of violence anywhere, this and that. And it's like even recently it's totally changed. Mm. Like there's some kind of gang war going on between the cartel members and trying to gain uh, territory and, you know, people getting pissed off and this and that. So it's just, it's it's getting a little crazy. So you graduate and you go into the Navy. What, is, what was your rate? Uh, I chose to be an aircraft mechanic. My
1: brother influenced me because I told him I wanted to fix, uh, I told him I wanted to just be a mechanic. He says, you know how to fix cars. You should learn how to fix airplanes. So I said, you know what? So I took the asthma, I scored just enough to, to get rated For the Aircraft yeah. mechanics Yeah And I love using my hands So I love working on jets
0: So And your ASVAB score AD. Was high enough Yes No.
1: So Yep I got really good Fixing airplanes O-level In the Navy mm-hmm. I've fixed Most of my career Was f eighteen Legacies and Super Hornets Okay uh, Like I said I love I worked the, on the fuel cells APUs Jet engines Of course and AMADS, all that. The F414G 400 turbofan mm-hmm. engine. All that stuff's easy for me to fix.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> was your first duty station uh, shore duty or overseas? Or ship duty? My first duty station yeah. was here. Oh, really?
1: Where, I mean, I'm talking about for A school and stuff.
0: Oh, for A-School. Yeah yeah, 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 But
1: my first duty station officially was Marine Corps Station in Mir- uh, El California.
0: Yeah, El They closed it
1: down. They, they moved over to Miramar. Yeah. But it was VMFAT 101. Yeah. And it's a Marine squadron, but they got sailors in there. They have quite a few sailors, but mostly Marines, though. Yeah. And we were treated just like the Marines, but we didn't wear their uniform, of course, and we even did the gas chamber. And I don't remember, we didn't shoot their weapons or anything, but we were required to have their their inspections and everything. Yeah. But I I loved it. I I stole the haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And their motivation, of course. The Marines are what, to me, like, at that time, they're, like, uh, hardcore, motivated, smart. Yeah. They're cocky, but you know what? They hold their own. So Uh, I was with the Marines, stationed with the Marines two times three years peace, so they instilled in me a lot of confidence. Yeah, so, And they messed with me, too,
0: though, <laughs> especially <laughs>
1: corporals and sergeants. Yeah. But they, they made me who I am today, too, though. Like, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, taught you the drive, taught yeah. you the discipline, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. They,
1: I got chewed out by a, a gunny just because I was late five minutes or ten minutes. You chewed me out in the rain. But guess what? He was out there in the rain with me, yelling at me. Yeah, I was there late again, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and so, did you ever go uh, on board ship? Plenty of times. Plenty of times, right? How, how many Fortress. years did you did you do in the navy?
1: I did twenty years in the navy retired. Years. What ship? What was your first ship like? Uh, it's uh, USS Abraham Lincoln. And of course, in the beginning, like everything was like, wow. And if you do a lot of time on the carrier, it starts to get to get boring. So because every every day is the same day. Yeah. But I mean, you get used to it. Were you were you on the Lincoln? Uh, I did numerous deployments on on them, but the one that I remember the most was nineteen ninety eight.
0: Ninety eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Huh. And so you, you joined the Lincoln in 98, and uh, it was exciting at first. Yeah. Did you guys go anywhere? Did you guys...
1: We went to Hong Kong and just the regular p- ports, but besides that... You it was did just Westpac? Persian Gulf.
0: Okay. Westpac. Yeah. Yeah. You went to the Gulf? Yes. What year? 98? 98.
1: 98. Really? We did I did like at least four or five deployments to the Gulf while I was in the Navy.
0: Were you ever around Kuwait? Not on ground. No, just on the yes. ship. Mm-hmm. No shit. Yes, I was. I was on the Bell of Wood in Kuwait. Not uh yeah, but I was on I the on the Bell yeah. Of Wood, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really? Well that's more rules it is, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Operation uh, Desert Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy guacamole! I didn't know you were on there. That's pretty crazy. You remember
1: seeing? Uh, we we did the, remember the Tyler the tsunami. Yeah, we did the rescue missions for that in helicopters. But well, like I said, I fixed the airplane, so they shut us down and yeah. they launched the helicopters. Yeah. So for us, aircraft mechanics for the F-18s, we really didn't do anything. But we supported the helicopters, though. Yeah. The missions. And I saw a lot of bad stuff as far as the tsunami, the casualties.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that... uh, I went to Thailand, Phuket, Thailand, before the tsunami. Mm -hmm. And I was watching pictures of the tsunami that hit it, and I was like, man, they just destroyed everything. Yeah. Yeah, That was kind of crazy. A lot of people... uh, Lost lives, oh, yeah. lost their kids, lost a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was pretty
1: sad. I get emotional when I think about it, but because I saw so many bad, bad bodies and everything yeah. in the ocean. Yeah, we couldn't do anything; just let them float. Like,
0: it's too many to pick up. Did um? Did you ever? Uh, did you? What was your favorite uh, port that you did?
1: My favorite ports Australia, Australia, Hobart and Perth. Mm-hmm. I loved it there.
0: I don't you in Australia for
1: four days. Yeah, but That's... different times. Like we did like four or five deployments there.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. And you guys uh, spent uh, a lot of time uh, training with the other militaries. When we had the
1: the rim of Pacific Rim or something? Mm-hmm. Missions. Yeah. Rim of the Pacific, that it was called. Yeah. Rim Pack.
0: Yeah. I remember uh I was stationed on Okinawa and uh, we were gonna go do uh Cobra Gold and uh we got called back in in ninety eight and that's when we went over to Kuwait. And so uh we spent six and a half months there and then we went back to Okinawa. So, it was... But the... the, My first impression of Kuwait was kind of crazy because it was... It was either sandy or smoggy. Something Mm. was going on and you couldn't see nothing. That's crazy. Yeah. But the, the water was blue. It wasn't like green full of algae and stuff and... Sometimes the nights would be like super cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was there during the winter time, or we were there during the winter time. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a good trip because we got to go to uh, Thailand right afterwards, and I loved it. But um, would you go
1: back to the Marines if you if you had a choice? Like if, they, if we would go to war, that's said you need to come back to help. All us. All right.
0: So there's a uh, if they would put me in an aviation squadron, I would go back. Same here. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many other jobs out there that I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to get out of the aviation. Yeah, I fought so hard to um, get out of the the old job that I used to have that I uh, just want to stick into aviation now. Uh, Cause I, I I did thirteen years outside of aviation. I'm like I, that's not for me. I was I was miserable. Uh, especially because I never wanted to be law enforcement to begin with. But yeah, it See, helped, yeah, it I'm, helped pay the bills. I'm the
1: opposite. I've done aviation my whole life, and I'm so curious about law enforcement. Cause when I came in the Navy, I went to school for criminal justice, and I yeah. got my degree, bachelor's. But guess what? I haven't used it at all. Criminal yeah. justice. I have law enforcement associate's degree, but I'm the opposite of you. I'm curious about law enforcement. Yeah, but I'm good at what I do. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm
0: stuck. So, yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's natural to 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 be curious, uh, curious, right, yeah. about, you know, you you go to school for so long and you get your degree in into that subject and then now you want to I'm too old. <laughs> well, now you want to put it to practical application. Yeah. Uh you're never you're not well yeah, I guess I'm, you I'm are too 50
1: old. in 4 months. Oof.
0: <laughs> yeah, you had to be uh as if you ever wanted to get into law enforcement, you have to be what was that? 42's the max.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy with what I'm doing. They said that if you're happy with what you're doing, if you have a passion, stay with it. And I guess I'm gonna stay with aviation because that's
0: all I know, mm-hmm. and I'm happy with it. So. so you spent your time floating around and going back and forth from uh, shore duty to ship duty. Is there any uh, squadron that you really loved?
1: I loved VFA one hundred and fifteen. This is my first, Seagull Squadron. Where was that out of? The uh, here, uh, stationed at Lemoore. Okay. The Eagles. So, made a lot of friends there. Did you? The, my squadron.
0: How long did you spend there? Uh, three years. What was your uh, rank at that time? I was, I was third class. Oh, okay.
1: And I made second class right before I left. Oh, did you? Oh, uh, back. I went back to one on one mm, mm-hmm. But it was already a Miramar. I was I went there second class, short duty, the second time. And I made first class right before I left. So if I kept going back, I would get promoted. <laughs> but I didn't go back. I, I retired. So.
0: Oh, so you retired as a first class? mm mm-hmm. Okay. But that was good times over there, huh? Oh, yeah. Where'd you retire out of? Uh,
1: I retired out of VFA-25.
0: Where's that at? Here. Here?
1: So I pretty much went back for it. Yeah. But mostly here, though. Yeah. That's my second best quarter. VFA-25. Is it? Yep. No.
0: Did you know that you wanted to get out? Yeah, I knew it was about time. Why was that? I
1: was, I was getting old, and I was, spending, I was spending time with my family.
0: Mm-hmm. You were married at the time? Mm-hmm. And how many kids did you have? Two kids. Two kids. Well, one
1: from a previous was three.
0: Okay. So, while you were in the Navy, how hard was it to maintain a relationship?
1: Oh, it was hard. I've been divorced twice. So, yeah. my family took its toll. Especially my kids, missing daddy and everything. Yeah. And it's all in my books. I wrote a book about my life. And... Pretty much my, my daughter, she's already twenty five, twenty six.
0: Your oldest? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But she missed me a lot on my deployments and everything. And it take it takes its toll when you go out to see a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But somebody has to do it also. At the time I I didn't see it, but now I see it.
0: Yeah. And you guys change units like every four years, yes. right? And so or every three years, something like that. And you guys bounce around and you're taking dragging your family around. Yeah. Did they go with you? They did. On well, show duty, yeah, but yeah.
1: not on duty.
0: How do you like San Diego?
1: I love it except for the traffic. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> even back Remember. then it was uh, pretty horrible. It's yeah. not... It's There's nothing compared to the traffic from L.A. and San Diego. Not even up here. Yeah. Uh, it's just a different beast
1: Yeah it's just crowded I don't like it uh, As far as Living there I don't think I would like it no. it's, too, it's too crowded Yeah I'm so used to Being out of the country
0: Yeah Yeah Even now the You don't Are your la- your neighbors Like close by you
1: Well I moved from Carruthers to
0: Fresno So Right now
1: It's in the city
0: No, oh, it's in the city
1: But I did live in Carruthers for a while and I only had like one neighbor. It was like from a distance. Yeah. My place was almost almost an acre, but I had to sell it. Move to Fresno.
0: Okay. Do you miss it? Oh, I miss it.
1: <laughs> There's nothing but country and sky. Everything's a lot of space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have any animals?
1: Just dogs and cats.
0: Oh, dogs and cats. Dogs. No I chickens.
1: Had, I could have had chickens and cows and horses, but. So much work.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of work, yeah. right? Did you did your kids love it? Yeah. They, My
1: children they love countries.
0: When they, uh, when they were young, did your kids play outside? Yes. Yeah. Did they uh Did they have a lot of friends? Oh yeah. Yeah, they always friends come over to mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Now after you got out of the military, what'd you do after that? So after I retired from the navy,
1: I worked, not permanent, but temporarily, for a it's called, uh, Dryden Flight and Research Center, Dryden Flight and Research Center, at Edwards Air Force Base, for NASA, but it was for the, F fifteen, it's like for phase, but it was just temporarily, like for five months. Okay. But that was pretty interesting, though. Did you like it? Working for the, the Air Force. I loved it. I learned so much stuff about the F, F-15.
0: Yeah. Why did you? Why Why did that stop? Because it was too much commute from
1: Fresno all the way to Edwards Air Force Base. Four you, hours. You I do that dur- every day. I do. I work during the week. I leave on Sunday night, and I come back uh, Friday after work. Yeah. So I did that for like five, about four and a half months. Wow! Yeah. So I, I did that, and they wanted me to go back to, to work with them permanent, but I would have to move my whole, my whole family over there, and I would have to get an AMP license, and I just came back to fr- to Lamar. You didn't like it? Like I said, I, I loved it, but it wasn't feasible financially.
0: Yeah. But. Did not Did you start looking for a house over there? No, mm-hmm. I
1: didn't. I, did. I just didn't want to be there. Right? It's prestigious as far as, like, working for NASA, but
0: it, was, it wasn't me. California City is a different yeah. beast, boy. Living in the desert is not like living no. in the, high, or in the and, Central and Valley. Edward
1: Central Valley is humongous. I got lost, like, twice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But they, man, do they have a lot of good work out there? Yeah, a lot of. Well, not there's not a lot of companies, but there's a lot of big companies there that uh, a lot of room for expansion and for getting in different areas of aviation, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Did you ever start to um, look at getting out of aviation? Oh yes, I did.
1: So after I came back to Lemoore. I started putting applications for the, border patrol, <laughs> and then uh, corrections officers, and, just here and there, whatever. But I did, I did all the way up to corrections officer, all the way to the interview. I passed everything, mm-hmm. even the physical, and everything the run. Yeah. But right when I was going, I was going to my interview, I got a call from this place. My catch at the time, I was working, they hired me as contractor here. So I had to make a decision between being a contractor here for Depot or go to a correctional officer. And I chose this place. So I could have been a correctional officer, but after I heard a lot of stories about it, I'm kind of glad I made this choice.
0: Mm-hmm. It's two complete different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you uh, made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> so you started working in this place, and what year was that? I started working here, oh, I
1: would say 2016. No, no, 2015.
0: 15, yeah. Yeah. And you started to work as a what? Contractor. What was, what was your? Uh, Aerotech, contractor. A fuel cell mechanic. A fuel cell mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And so, you guys do a lot of fuel cells?
1: Oh, yeah. Me, me and Pedro at the time. Yeah. Garcia.
0: And so, you guys were a team, right? And you guys would just... Knock him out. Yeah. I loved it. learned so much
1: from him. Well, we, all, we were, both worked together. Me and Pedro, and then the other guy was Del Mundo. He's retired
0: already. Did he? And so you started doing this, and how long did you go out of work as a contractor?
1: I did contractor for about three years, and then I went federal.
0: Why'd you swap she over?
1: To a mechanic. Because I was looking at the big picture. I wanted to retire again, take mm-hmm. retirement. So I've already been a federal for six years. Yeah. So I'm looking at the big picture. I lost a little money, but eventually. It'll catch up, and my my big plan is to retire again. Yeah. Two retirements: one for the navy, one from here.
0: Yeah, as a civilian. Yeah. How do you think you're doing at your job? I love I love my job, and I think I do a good job yeah? working here. Did you? Um, do you like working out of a toolbox? I prefer a tool job over a desk
1: job because <laughs> I feel like my productivity, I can look like, look. I could look at myself in the mirror every day and, and know that I I work with my hands.
0: You did something. Did something. Yeah.
1: That, that's just my personal opinion.
0: You think that it uh, brings you uh, joy to be able to see something that you created?
1: Yes, very much Or sure.
0: assembled or something that you did? Yep. Instead of just sitting there at a desk, typing away all day. Yep. But everybody has to do something. Yeah.
1: I'm not putting anybody down as far as desk job. That's not my intention. I'm just saying, for me, my personal opinion, I like working with my hands. But I did do a desk job for three years. Mm-hmm. And I was very bored.
0: <laughs> Were you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do you... Uh, you obviously have a lot of uh, leadership skills. Do you... Are you think you're ever going to try to move up? So,
1: in the Navy, I started being in charge of Marines and Sailors when I was the E-4, and I made E-4 in 1998. Mm-hmm. So, from 1998 until I retired in 2014, I was always leading somebody. Yeah. Especially when I, when I made in second class, first class. So, I was always in charge of a shift or a shop so leading people its not my weakness
0: no
1: and I, lo- I love to do what I do but now that I retired from the Navy I mean sometimes I feel like I'm kind of selfish by doing it as far as just coming to work and just worrying about me but I don't want to take somebody that is hungry to lead people in the building. All overtime. so uh, well I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not hungry To lead people Currently Why? Because I don't want To take somebody else That wants to lead people Take away from them Somebody's hungry to do it They should be the ones doing it Yeah So that's It's not because I'm being selfish I don't think so But At the same time I do help you know, On the floor Helping people Like showing them If I see something The most And I step up And say hey Pull them aside Talk to my outside I still do that But I don't have to do it if I want to. I do that because I, ca- I care about people. So everybody's a leader. So it's how you see it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And so you care about what's going on and the people around you. Yes. And you pull them aside and you just try to talk to them. Talk like, to them. Talk with them. Uh, like try to see how their mental state is. Mm-hmm. Do you see if they're pissed off? Do yeah. You- what do you what do you see around you right now?
1: Uh sometimes you see disgruntled people here and there and sometimes I can feel the tension. So I just go to the Hey man, you wanna talk? I'm here for you. So, sometimes they talk to me and I keep it to myself, I don't no so chismoso. I'm not a gossiper. So I just pray about pray about it. Yeah. At home or whatever and I pray about them and talk to them outside. And they, do you mind if I Pray, say a little prayer for you. Uh like doing break outside or whatever, not doing working hours and they always tell me they feel better. So
0: Okay.
1: I like everybody's here for a purpose, so yeah. I think my purpose is here to help people.
0: And you think you'd be best doing that just working out of a toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. See, every, God puts people
1: in a place for a reason, and if you don't take advantage of that reason, the purpose. I'm not saying you wasting your time. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, he 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 has he has you where he wants you, and sometimes we don't see that big picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's how you see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Do you and your kids? Did you inspire that um, that religious stuff to your to your uh, children? I try. I try to get tired
1: of my lectures. <laughs> <Did they? laughs>
0: yeah. But they believe in God. They do. Yeah. Have you been uh have they have any kids? My oldest one, she has a
1: baby. And so she has grandson. a baby.
0: So you're uh eight grandpa. Months old. Eight months old. Wow. Yeah. How does that is actually mad at me
1: right now, so Oh is she? Long story, I don't want to go in detail. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> but
1: you got to see her at least a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I saw the, the, my grandson he was born.
0: Okay. What is it uh, about the military or the federal service that you like the most? About the Navy and the, and the federal side? Well, the civilian side.
1: Well, I guess my biggest thing... We're here to support the warfighters. fighters. War fighters, the guys are out there kicking butt, defending our na- nation. So we're here to support them, fixing jets. So that's the big picture. I always say big picture because that's that's the purpose that we have to fulfill. And no matter what, how, no matter how anybody feels, we're here to do the mission, and we're gonna do the mission. That's that's how I feel. Uh, sometimes it's hard to get up in the morning because you're tired like this here politics like there's always going to be politics no matter, no matter where you go you can't please everybody but the one thing is we're here to support the war fighters
0: so yeah
1: you don't want to hear the news that they don't have enough jets to go out there and fight the bad guys so we're here to support them with jets yeah and those jets better be good to go
0: yeah yeah They have uh, a new program down the street with a different kind of aircraft. Do you ever think about doing something new? No. No? I'm I'm used to the F-18s. You're going (laughs) to stick around with that? Yeah, because if you're, what, 50 right now, you got another, what, 12 years before you can retire again?
1: Yeah, I think I got another nine years or something like that. It goes by fast, doesn't it?
0: Very fast.
1: Yeah. They do have helicopters by where I live, by Fresno. I live next to the airport, but I've never worked at helicopters. I feel like I'll be stepping down, like, experience-wise. What kind of helicopters do they have? Uh, I forgot.
0: It's not government
1: services. Uh, is it? That's not government. It's contractors.
0: Civilians, right? Mm. Like, uh... But, I mean, obviously... You have to have an A and P license and stuff like that to work on those. Yeah. Do I went through A and P school, right? And uh when I got before I got out, I started to apply into a bunch of places and this place picked me up. Obviously it was down in San Diego, but this place picked me up even though I didn't have my AMP license. They love federal, the private prior military. Yeah, and they don't they don't require you because the MP license doesn't pertain to government government employees, so you could actually work here right at high school as an apprentice. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm gonna try to get my daughter here. Yeah, my my youngest daughter. She's she about like to, she's, about to, she's, she's about to graduate. She asked me if I could take her to work one day. I told her no because I've never seen any kids here. But I think I'm just gonna do it one day. <laughs> let her be here for an hour or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: Does she drive? Next year, she'll be driving. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because uh, you could have her drive up here, meet her at the uh, at a certain spot, drive her on base, mm. and just show her around for, During for a During the day, bit, yeah. Right? That's
1: what I plan on doing.
0: Yeah. But if she's, uh, like my kid, he's not interested in aviation. He's interested in either gaming or some kind of something. I think she's or, trying to
1: decide if she wants to go to military police or aircraft mechanic. And that's what I wanted to do in the beginning. So they just try to be like daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, she wants to
0: join the military? The Navy. The Navy. What? Yeah. Her name's Alice. Did she, uh, have you been telling her to study her ASVAB? Yeah. She's already studying. She's studying her ASVAB and she's studying to get her driver's license. That's one of the most, the things that I don't think people know enough is that your ASVAB score Follows you everywhere And it's one of the biggest thing That, that holds people back mm-hmm. It's like Oh you didn't have A high enough ASVAB score To When you want to Change jobs Or whatever Right So I mean If you're listening to this And you want to go into the military Please study your study ASVAB Study ASVAB Yeah
1: The higher it is The more opportunities
0: You'll have Yeah I know uh, When I took my ASVAB score uh, I had a high enough ABS, ASVAB score that uh, I wanted to get into uh, heavy diesel mechanic. Yeah, and it wasn't open at the time, and so my recruiter was like, "You know, your scores are so high; they're they're going to stick you in something mechanic." Mm-hmm. And so when I went in, I went an open contract, which I, scares everybody that I tell this story. Right? Everybody's like, "You did what?" <laughs> but even though I went in an open contract, they still give me an aircraft mechanic job. That's cool. Yeah. And so, I, I trusted my recruiter. I know most people don't, but I trusted my recruiter and he didn't fail me. I
1: guess I was blessed because right off the back, I knew what I wanted to do. And yeah. I loved it right off the back. I I, I had guaranteed everything in the beginning. Yeah.
0: Base school, all that stuff. Yeah. The only thing that was... Uh, Good for me is when I went in uh, with my job, you had to do a five-year contract instead of a four, but because I was open contract, they only gave me a four-year contract, but I got, I kind of got withheld, uh, held back because of uh, uh, when I was uh, about to get out, and I was going to re-enlist, but I was about to get out, and I got injured, so... Uh, they held me up for like a year and a half, so medically. Yeah, I yeah. had a medi- uh medical hold for a year and a half. My go-
1: uh. my girlfriend asked me one day, like, why didn't you do Navy SEALs? Because that's part of the Navy. I like they gave you they give you opportunity to boot camp, and right off the back I knew I, I would make it mentally. So I said I'd raise my hand, but there's other people that they went, some made it, some didn't.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like. It's very stressful. Oh, of right? course. It's, it's not I... just the physical part; it's all mental games. Yeah, I right? knew I was
1: going to make it, so I didn't even raise my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's something that you can, uh, you know, you can stick to. And so you, you're bringing up your kids, right? And you're bringing it up in a, in a household where you love them and you 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 cherish God and all this stuff, and, and so. Do you think that you were a good father? Of course. Yeah. Do you think, uh, even though you were divorced, that you still, that doesn't, like, contradict being a Christian? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Got conviction. Yeah, it's a little bit, but... Uh, uh,
1: in the beginning, people made me, people make mistakes. My first marriage, I, it was my fault. I would not... Or not a marriage. Mm-hmm. And the second one is opposite, but my point figures. We yeah. live life, and we learn. We live. Yeah, but it was hard though, but both mar- both marriages I was happy during them too.
0: You yep. really loved your wives, of course. Yeah. Yep. And your kids, and you loved being a family. Yep. And you tried that. You try to instill that in your kids. Mm-hmm. Now, you wrote a book,
1: right? Yes, it's called The Heart of a Lion. Okay. It's based on my life. And it's on Amazon. It's been out for almost almost two years now. Has it been two years already? Yep. Wow.
0: I remember when it came out.
1: Yeah, it took me almost about a year and a half to write it, and then another year to publish it. It's not free to publish either, so... No. But I didn't do it for the money, because it's barely... But I barely sold at least I would say at least 100 copies uh-huh. In two years So it's not really good So But the people that do read it They leave comments on Amazon And right now it's Five stars out of five stars Really? But like I said It's not doing good In selling But it is called The Heart of a Lion By me Esteban gone And It just tells you my life My life story and then in the in the in the middle of it, it's poetry. In the middle, okay. yeah, all the way to the end, and it's a lot of poems, that's just life stories. And some are good, some are sad, some are mad, but <clears throat> every poem will relate to anybody. So, I want to—I don't know if you bought one, but
0: I want to give this one to you. Can you sign it? Yes. We'll do it afterwards. But can you read me something out of there? Oh, of course. I'm going to
1: read you the last one. <clears throat> this one. Let's see. It's my last poem, which is what the book is called, The Heart of a Lion. So here it goes. When the sun falls beyond the horizon, only a memory of the things that happened are left. Sometimes thinks it can be destroyed or left unharmed. Sometimes it is the imagination that defends a coward. If it is pride that kills a man, if it is dignity that a man possesses, then we are engulfed in it. There is a man, a man who has forgotten pity, a man who feels no pain. This man fears no one, yet respects all. He bothers no one, for only God exists. And so it is that to him the world is but a, is but a thing. He'll live a thousand years and shall have no remorse, for fate will wind as it must, and no more. So, nice. I wrote that a long time ago, like 1998. What made you want to start writing? I've always had a passion to write. Most of the time it was just poetry,
0: but like I said, the beginning is just my life story. Even when you were learning Spanish or learning English, you were writing poetry.
1: No, it's oh. after it's my high school years.
0: Yeah, and while I was in the navy. So you were in high school writing poetry, to the girls. <laughs> <laughs> Mine were usually just roses are red, violets are blue <laughs> type stuff, but uh, but like I said, it's, diff- it's different. Like
1: some are like pissed off poems, some are sad poems. Some are happy poems, but it's just different. But yeah. My friends told me that when they read one, they relate to some, somehow related.
0: Do they? Yeah. And it talks about your your life in the military and coming from Mexico and all that stuff.
1: Some of them do. Not
0: all of them. Yeah. But they're related
1: to life in general. Like Anybody can relate to one one of those poems. Yeah. A lot of people think poetry is like just like rhyming, rhyming, rhyming. Poetry could be anything. As far as it doesn't have to rhyme. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's,
0: there's different kinds of poetry. As long as it comes from the heart, right? Yeah. Yep.
1: But I'm writing my second book. That was to be called, "The Code of Creed," and I'm right now. I'm like, I would say. 80% complete but it won't be out to at least another two years and that that's gonna be more like uh, it won't be it'll be a couple of points at the end but it's mostly like like in my perception in my opinion it's just like it's pretty much like lecturing people how to live life yeah. <laughs> but I mean like I said it's not official like if you want like you read Read you at the beginning
0: But I don't know if you want to No yeah absolutely And so You Do you spend your time Like Your free time Just sitting there writing No I don't I just do this when I'm bored Uh, So
1: I don't Like plan on doing it Just like If I'm not doing anything Instead of being on my cell phone On Facebook Yeah I, I just write something
0: Yeah And
1: sometimes it just pops up In my head And I jot it down and I tried to do like two, three sentences. By that time, two sentences turned to like two paragraphs. And I clip and paste it. Yeah. And I send it to my computer. Yeah. And then it just expands. But I want to read you like the first paragraph of my next book coming up. Okay. If I can find it, give me a second.
0: What do your uh, kids think of you writing? Right now, they don't like to read No <laughs> books. So I read to them every now and then. Have you ever thought
1: about doing an audio version of the book? They asked me to, but I don't have the money to do it right now. <laughs> it's pretty pricey. What if you... What if I helped you do it? Um, maybe maybe my next book. Okay. I right was just... I'm still starting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's see. So I'm going to read you guys the first paragraph of my next book. <clears throat> Here it goes the code of creed. Life is a balance of actions, of good times and bad. In life, you cannot make people do what you tell them to do at times. They must trust you, even your own blood family. You cannot force anyone to drink water, only lead them there. Life is full of failures and heartaches and happiness. In life, You cannot force anyone to stay, to love, to be loyal to you, not even to like you. But the day you heal and love yourself, they gravitate towards you because you are a magnet. So don't try to make people follow you. They will see your true character. Don't try to be someone you're not, trying to please everyone. Don't lead for popularity, lead to fulfill a mission. Many people have filled my life with lessons, and those lessons I have learned how to be or how or how not to be. It's like when you hammer a nail it to a wall or a roof. You don't you don't purposely miss. You aren't scared to hit it with confidence. The same with life. We have to be purposely in the middle, living it. Live in the present, and enjoy it. Often we are, we get confused on a decision. But when we focus and rest and pray about it, everything is crystal clear. You will make the right decision. We can live rent-free in a mansion, or we could live in a cardboard box. But if you're not happy with who you are, you will never be happy with anyone. That's the first paragraph. So that's why I'm saying my book is more like my perception. Yeah. So it's nothing official like... You gotta do this, you gotta do that. Like,
0: I like that last line. If you're not happy with who you are, you're not gonna be happy with anybody no. else.
1: Sometimes people see that they point fingers and, like, oh, she did this, he did that, my mom did that. But you know what? We have to take responsibility for our own life. Yeah. People don't make you happy, you make your own self happy. So, that's a lot of people here. I'm talking everybody. Sometimes we take, what do you call it, for granted, the stuff that God gives us. He he put us on this earth, and we had to find ourselves. Instead of pointing fingers like, my mom did this, my dad did that, we all struggle. But in those struggles, that's what made us who we are. We have to take responsibility to use what we struggle with to help somebody else. Have a purpose, just like you are, your platform right now people are hearing it, and somebody's is going to take what we're talking about like, oh wow, that's me you're doing a purpose right now, and you feel that yes, and I thank you for that
0: yeah everybody has a purpose in life. I keep telling my my son or both my kids you everybody fails. It's how you pick yourself back up that defines your character. Be careful on how you define your character, Mm -hmm. right? And people can... People struggle everywhere around this world. And that's what gives your character... That's what builds your character, right? And so, you know... We, we have to learn how to fail because yeah. it's going to be part of life. That's pretty cool. So, uh,
1: like I was saying, like, that's my perception. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot more people think like that too. So, yeah. Like you said, when you fail, it's how you see it. If you fail, you can't give up. you got to keep going. Without failure, there could be no progress. Because if you fail, you give up. And then what? what mm-hmm. I mean? It's how you see it. Mm-hmm. Failure, it's like an opportunity to grow.
0: Yes. So, that's it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Is there anything you want to tell the world? Um. I, would, I want to end this by
1: talking about one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Romans eight twenty eight. Read that verse, and pretty much, it it says. God turns whenever you have something bad happen to you God turns that situation to good mm-hmm. no matter what it is so like say for instance you're driving home and again get into accident or something and somehow God's going to turn that situation to a good positive action mm-hmm. so that's how you see it God is for his purpose not my purpose
0: you can focus on the negative or you can uh realize what the positives are about what's going on in the situation right yep yeah you can be in an accident but at least you're not dead or yeah maybe somebody died but you know there's something you could be focusing on other than the negative yep yeah all righty thank you for this conversation I really do appreciate it and uh, I will accept your book because I am uh, I'm not a big reader but I did like what you did have to tell us thank you All right. thank you bye bye well that's it for now I want to be clear on something no one person grows up the same everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn from each other.